This is a broadcast of Holland United Church of Christ. At Holland UCC, we seek to open the mind and engage the heart. We are a community of justice, peace, and affirmation in Holland, Michigan, where everyone is welcome to the table. Hi, friends. Glad to have you with us for this contemplative practice session. Today we're going to talk about waiting as a spiritual practice. If you're like me, you often want to uh, rush toward a goal and maybe skip the process because you want to get to a certain place on whatever front we're talking about uh, with spiritual goals, uh, career goals, family goals, financial goals, whatever it might be, uh, it's often hard to be patient. It's hard to be present throughout the process and we might want to just jump ahead. Partly, I think that's human nature. I think it's probably exacerbated by the fast-paced world we live in, by modern technology and communications technology, with our cell phones, Wi-Fi, streaming television, etc. We're used to getting what we want when we want it. But waiting can be a profound and powerful spiritual practice. I invite you to get comfortable as we settle in. In a few moments, we're going to hear uh, a bit from Sue Monk Kidd on waiting as a spiritual practice and how this was powerful in her life. So take a deep breath in and exhale. I'll ring the bell and after a few moments of quiet, we'll hear from Sue Monk Kidd. This is from the book, When the Heart Waits. That winter, I wrestled to unravel the cultural myths and fast-fix spirituality that had eroded my ability to wait in God. It was a time of undoing the rules that had rocketed me into pursuit of the quick and easy. Slowly, I began to trust the solitary voice in me that said that standing still meant forward progress, that letting life happen, rather than striving to make it happen, allowed life to unfold with even more beauty and potential, that facing pain wasn't nearly so terrible as avoiding it. 
Whenever you undo a false pattern of believing, God seems to come with fresh insights and images that unleash new energy and enable you to move ahead. For me, faith was believing that the God who whirled the darkness in me would also create the radiance. So I waited. One Wednesday morning in March, I went for communion at the Episcopal Church where I have been confirmed as a member. As I arrived at the altar to receive the bread, I noticed that the place on the cushion where I was about to kneel was embroidered with a butterfly. She writes earlier in the book about uh, the powerful metaphor of seeing a caterpillar in a cocoon and that time of dormancy, of waiting, that is absolutely necessary for a butterfly to emerge. So she's going forward for communion, notices the kneeling cushion is embroidered with a butterfly. She says, I knelt upon it as if I was sinking upon a promise, a promise of healing and fullness of being, of creation and life. After the bread was placed in my palm, I stared at it a long while before lifting it to my lips. Bread of life, I kept thinking. That evening, I curled up in my blue wing chair with my sketch pad and drew a simple loaf of home-baked bread. I drew it tall and full on a cutting board beside a kitchen knife. It pulled up a memory inside me. My daughter, who was then five, pulled a kitchen chair to the counter where I was baking bread. You might as well know that I don't normally bake bread. In fact, I had never baked a loaf of bread before and haven't baked a loaf since. But that day, my creative instinct was popping out, not in the usual way, but in an unpremeditated attack of domesticity. I had wanted to make something from nothing, from scratch, something that would nourish people. Anne was fascinated. She knelt on the chair, her face powdered with self-rising flour, and watched my every move. When we got to the part where you put in the yeast and cover the dough so that it will rise, I put a blue checkered dishcloth over the bowl the way my mother used to do and set it aside. Anne wrinkled her brow. Aren't you going to finish? she asked. We have to wait for the dough to rise, I told her. I explained how the yeast causes the dough to expand. Well, how long do we have to wait? she asked. I looked at the recipe. An hour. A whole hour? She grimaced and plopped down in her chair to wait it out. Now and then her impatience overflowed and she lifted the cloth to peek at the dough. It's not doing anything, she announced. You can't see it, but the yeast is working. I promise. I don't think she believed me. She finally wandered off to play. Toward the end of the hour, though, she returned to peer into the bowl. Her face lit up. Look, Mama, it's yeasting, she proclaimed. Yeasting. As the memory faded, that word stayed with me. Yeasting. I looked at the sketch in my lap and felt the promise rise beneath me. Isn't that the invisible mystery inside our waiting which produces the bread of life? To create newness, you have to cover the soul and let grace rise. You must come to the place where there's nothing to do but brood, as God brooded over the deep, and pray and be still and trust that the holiness that ferments the galaxies 
is working in you to only wait. And somehow the transformation you knew would never come, that impossible plumping of fresh life and revelation does come. It manifests itself in unseen slowness. So it would happen to me, and so it will happen to all who set out to knead their pain and wounds, their hopes and hungers, into bread. Waiting is the yeasting of the human soul. Jungian analyst James Hillman says that our soul is the patient part of us. Only as we go inward and get in touch with it will we be able to authentically wait. Yet if we choose a time of waiting, our extroverted society will do its best to pull us away. We may be called selfish and lazy, too introspective, self-indulgent. What are you waiting for? Get up and do something. Take action. When such voices came, I tried to remember the small voice of my daughter calling me to the depth and solitude of myself to the experience of patient yeasting. In the end, God and I would bake bread. Some beautiful reminders that are timely for me and I hope timely for you as well. Wherever there is a sense of impatience in your life because things aren't where you want them to be, it's good to remember that there's goodness right where we are that God is with us in this moment and every moment. And that in the waiting, even when it feels like things are too slow, nothing is happening, we're never going to get there. In the waiting, God is at work. Peace to you, friends. Blessings on your practice. And we'll see you next time. Invited to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. streaming on Facebook. You can also watch these messages on the Holland UCC YouTube channel. And for more information, how to get involved, or to support our work, like us on Facebook or visit hollanducc.org.